Hello, and welcome to the Learn It podcast, a weekly conversation with global education leaders for people who are passionate about the future of learning. Our aim is to introduce you to changemakers who are reimagining what students need to know, how they will learn it, and ways technology can help or not. We're looking at reopening schools in the wake of COVID and how learning is changing. We want to know how to close equity gaps and prepare students with the mindsets and skills to thrive in what is proving to be a very uncertain world. I'm your host, Jenny Anderson. Head over to learnit.world to join the community or to get in touch. Chris Pomeranning is a tech entrepreneur and set out to build Learn Life five years ago to radically reinvent learning. His journey has taken some surprising turns, and today Learn Life has built a 1,200 square meter learning hub in Barcelona to showcase what the future of education might look like, a place where mixed age groups co-create projects and meaningful work with learning guides. Teachers are not part of the lexicon. Learn Life is also a community of thought leaders and an impressive open source menu of best practices created from researching 100 innovative schools around the world. His goal? To inspire 200 learning hubs, which he calls lighthouses. Each space becomes accessible to about 50 schools in the community around it. If you do the math, and if it happens, those 200 lighthouses reach 100,000 schools and a very aspirational 100 million learners, offering them a taste of the future to wet the palate and inspire the revolution. The vision is not lacking in ambition. If we could aggregate the best practices and all the learning innovations from around the world and actually bring it together and package it in a way that there is a new learning paradigm that any person in the world has open access to and can start a complete new accelerated journey to the future of learning, then that is something that, you know, is so needed. We unpack Chris's journey, why he started Learn Life, how it's evolved, how it's funded and what's on offer today. From the Alliance to the learning paradigm to the 10,000 square meter learning hub being built in Hamburg, Germany, and the ReLearn conference, which is underway now. Hashtag the time is now. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jenny. Let's do this. Chris, you and I met at EdTechX two years ago, and you had this crazy idea that you told me about called Learn Life. What is Learn Life? Well, Learn Life is a journey that started about five years ago when my wife and I went on a trip to Asia together with our two older sons. By that time, they were in the kindergarten age. And uh, it was very surprising to us that, you know, us being from Germany, living in Barcelona, uh, we already looked into the German system. We looked into the Spanish system, the Catalan system. And already on the kindergarten level, there, there were complete distinct approaches. And, and then just obviously looking a step further into what happens then, you know, in the primary, secondary level, it, it was, again, like a complete distinction between the systems but it was still very traditional, very old. It felt like the same kind of setup of schools or kindergartens that we have lived like 30, 40 years ago. And I mean, the world that we were brought up in doesn't exist anymore. And then basically it started a research journey where we basically looked into different school systems and we actually gathered more than a hundred innovative schools around the world. People in like a small research team went out and traveled around the world to, to research these schools. And we came up with a huge matrix of, of learning innovation that is already happening since 10, 15 years around the world. But most people don't know about it and definitely not school systems know about it. So that was actually the starting point of Learn Life where we said, wow, um, so if we could aggregate the best practices and all the learning innovations from around the world and actually 
bring it together and package it in a way that there is a new learning paradigm that any person in the world has open access to and can start a complete new accelerated journey to the future of learning, then that is something that, you know, is so needed. What do you mean by learning paradigm? I think the important part is what we have been doing differently as of anything that happened in the last 30, 50 years around evolution of education and innovation and so on is we're doing step approaches, no? And we're trying always within the system going one step to the next one. So what we have done is we have created a hub that takes you 30 years into the future. But at the same time, we have created a paradigm that gives you a very clear strategy, step-by-step, of how you can go the road, maybe only one year ahead, three years ahead, five years ahead, or the 30 years ahead. That depends to you. So there's the toolbox that is up to you, whatever you want to do. But if you want to go the full throttle, the full way, here is how it looks if you do it 100% round. And that's why we started with the 100%, you know, complete mind-blowing change. And then we basically created a strategy how to get to that. And I think the, the communication lack that, I, that we are still missing is to say, okay, so there's the lighthouse and here's the strategy towards the lighthouse, but you can to do whatever you want on the journey towards that. What is Learn Life Barcelona? Basically, we started together 30 to 40 thought leaders for education and for learning around the world that were collaborating and building this new learning paradigm. I have seen many amazing books. I've seen many amazing TED Talks talking about the revolution in education. But I was always missing, where is this place? Where can I actually touch it? Where can I see the future of learning? And that was the moment when we said in 2017, we need to have a kind of a learning experience space where learners from all ages sit in the center point and innovative, completely new learning is built around the learners and actually explored together with the whole community. And, and that is what we then started in 2018 with Learn Life Barcelona, becoming the first learning hub in the world for learning innovation, where basically everything is possible. So everything that that is relevant for future-focused, modern, new learning is able to be explored in this learning community. And when the learning community sees that there is relevance in it, it's, it's evidently better than whatever system was in place before. It actually gets packaged and pushed towards the world so that any person can access this new learning innovation. So describe to me what happens in there on a typical day. Are there students who are engaged in learning in any way we might recognize it, or is it completely different? Like if you go in there, the first thing that will surprise you, besides all the magical architectural spaces, which are completely, again, learner-centric designed and, and designed around the new paradigm, will be that you will see a 12-year-old uh, girl sitting with a 14-year-old and a 17-year-old together with a 32-year-old you know, web designer, together with a 46-year-old architect and a 53-year-old consultant for learning innovation freelancers, entrepreneurial teams that are co-learning and co-working on a daily basis within the same space. And these people are mentors towards the younger learning community. And you can come up with your own learning project 
uh, as a young learner. And you can basically go and design some cool new app for children to walk Barcelona on the safest routes through different streets. And then you can go to the you know, mobile app developer in the afternoon and say, you know, what, what do you see? Where are your, where are your tips? Uh, can we do something better? Uh, do you have any suggestions to us? And so on and so on. Do they have classes? Do they have teachers? Do they have a schedule? Is it all what they choose to do and the mentors they find? There are no classes because there wouldn't be any more the, you know, the physical setups of a classroom. So if you go into Barcelona, for example, you would see 1,200 square meters of creative studios interconnected, sometimes in large open spaces, sometimes in, you know, creative sub environments like, you know, a multimedia space, a design thinking studio, a maker space for woods creation, for, you know, electronics lab, music studio, recording studio, uh, going over to a food lab, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I can continue like this and we would go through a journey of 15 or 16 creative studios that are all kind of interconnected. So do you have a schedule? Yes, you do have a schedule, but that schedule is not made for the next six months or the next year in your life. But these schedules are co-created and there are certain parts of the schedule that will work out for potentially the next three months, which is kind of one cycle uh, of learning. But within those three months, every week is distinct and it's uh, distinct between different groups that gather not necessarily always by age groups, but more importantly, learners gather in mindsets. And mindsets is important to understand the new paradigm. Almost you know, 95% of all our schools around the world are based on a standardized education system, which is one tunnel that has a degree at the end, and everybody you know, goes to that tunnel. The next thing that over the last eight, 10 years, you know, we have been at the EdTech conference, everybody's speaking about personalized learning. So personalized learning is this next level within the paradigm shift, but it's by far not the last level. It's actually the second step. And it basically recognizes that we are individual learners so that we can personalize a learning journey. But personalization already inside has that still instruction in the end is done to you because we personalize, we as teachers personalize a learning journey for a child. So that's the next step. Then we have to go and go into the co-creative shift of paradigm. And that is already where the learner together with the learning guide co-creates their learning journey. And this is all actually steps towards the final endpoint, which is personal learning, not personalized, personal learning, which can be best defined as self-directed learning. Why? Because we know about the future, nothing, but we know one thing, the learners that are standardized in the next 10 years through their school system will come out into a world which they will not understand anymore because automation and AI will have taken up all the jobs that can be standardized. So if we put 1.5 billion kids through a standardized education system, we are creating right now the biggest dead end for our humanity and our next generation. On the flip side, if we're able to give our children a self-directed learning pathway, basically them understanding how to learn and be on a personal learning journey, they will be in a position to adapt 
to anything that comes in the future. And that is basically the largest paradigm shift. And that is what we are living and what we are showcasing within the learning hubs, how it actually happens. In Barcelona, we have more than 100 uh, learners uh, that are full-time in the hub. But the idea of the learning hub is not to necessarily substitute schools. And what's happening right now, so just to give you the fact, today uh, I got the latest news. We have now 63 groups, entrepreneurial groups, foundations, and even governments now that have an interest to build a learning hub in their country, in their region, in their city. And what is the interest of a learning innovation hub? It is not to necessarily substitute you know, schools that exist, but to put them in the center point of 10, 20, 50 schools within a square kilometer and actually offer this completely new paradigm, this new setting of learning environments and also a new learning culture to all the kids uh, of these different schools so that they can, they can come in into this learning hub, for example, once a month. And then you have basically 10 times a year the possibility to learn in a completely new way, in completely new spaces, in a completely new culture. And that's why you don't have to actually completely rechange and revamp all the schools, but you have this one place where you can clearly touch and experience what's possible. And then from there on, the kids and also the teachers take the best practices and the next acceleration bit of learning innovation back to their schools, and they can start to empower uh, the change within the schools. So these hubs become change agent and, and kind of positive transformation places for entire societies and education systems. And that is the power of a learning hub. I'm sort of envisioning this endpoint where we all have a personal learning journey, but I'm wondering where our sort of common space and commonality and common knowledge goes in that. It's like everything in life, and it's about balance. We definitely have to go to a world where people are self-directed learners, and they can understand how to build their personal learning journeys. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that they are learning alone. They are learning every day in collaborative environments, which is one of the most important things. So positive personal relationships between other learners, with your learning guides, with the wider community, that's all a very strong red threat within the new paradigm. So there are many, if you want to call it different groups, but one common commonality is that uh, these learnings happen on a common interest or a common passion between different learners. So as you see in my background, you have the Mediterranean Ocean, and I could take my children that you know, are in love with the little turtles uh, and the dolphins uh, that are swimming around there, and they're very, very concerned about all the plastic and so on that is you know, right now killing these animals. So if you take that as their challenge, and then suddenly you know, they will explore about you know, where is actually the biggest uh, plastic inflows into the Mediterranean Ocean. So suddenly geography is there. Then they actually understand how big are the fissure nets, and they will measure actually the fissure nets and why are actually most animals dying because uh, you know, how fissure nets are created. They will understand the degree of salt in the Mediterranean Ocean, uh, why the certain species of turtles can live there. So suddenly there's physics in there and so on and so on. So you see that everything that we have actually in our 
traditional mindset uh, saved under subjects is in there, but you can flip it around and basically uh, put it under very fascinating new learning methodologies, which let any learner learn what you thought was a painful journey before. Project-based learning as one of the methodologies is long around, but what we have analyzed in, in our journey around the world is like project-based learning is one of 27 learning methodologies that exist around the world, right? And, and right now, like the whole world is, you know, looking for project-based learning, which is, is, is a fantastic methodology. But if uh, any learning guide or any teacher in the world would have a backpack with 27 learning methodologies that they could apply to any learner, because they understand first the learner and understand which five or seven or nine learning methodologies are the most motivating uh, for this specific learner. And one day a challenge-based learning uh, around that learner, next day project-based learning, the next day place-based learning, the next day, the next day or next week phenomenon-based learning, and so on and so on. So you can take you can use many frameworks to continuously spark uh, the motivation and the interest uh, of the learners but you don't get stuck on any one learning methodology. We're coming from you know, cognitive learning and the next big thing is project-based learning. But we're going again from one box to the other box. And I'm saying that because project-based learning is great for many people, but there are many people, if they would learn continuously just on project-based learning, they would basically be frustrated the same way that other people were frustrated with just cognitive learning. It's not an ad tech company or whatever that is going to make the big shift because how will you ever put into the screen of 10 inch by three or four inch and say, there's your future of education. If you have never, you know, tried it, if you never have lifted on all your senses, I mean, I'm an, I'm a tech entrepreneur by, by nature. And that was one of my biggest surprises as well, because I thought obviously like maybe three, four, five years ago, starting this project, it's all about, you know, creating a, a tech platform and so on, and that will change the world. But it's really about these physical learning hubs. Your impact goal is to empower 100 million learners to experience the new paradigm. And this is the learning paradigm that you're talking about for learning that is suited to the rapid and evolving changes in our worlds and societies by 2030. So in 10 years, 100 million learners will have experienced in some way a learning hub somewhere in the world. I mean, that would be the best case. But uh, if it's not possible, a learning hub, it will be a school setting. One of the impact factors that is missing now is that we will help 100,000 schools and therefore 100,000 school leaders to implement new learning innovation into their school communities. And through these 100,000 schools, uh, learners will be able to lift uh, the new learning hub. So if you picture... 2,000 learning hubs that we will be implementing around the world together with partners. Each one can impact 50 schools. Then you come you know, to the 100,000 schools, which have the 100 million learners, right? I mean, one part is missing. We will uh, try to support and empower and train uh, 5 million educators with new learning methodologies and new ways of, of learning. We are not an alternative system like we have seen in the last 100 years, which were great projects like, you know, Montessori or Rudolf Steiner or Reggio Emilio and so on. The thing about them, what we analyzed is it's a model that is, you know, boxed in. What we are saying is here's a universe of a new learning paradigm 
If you go online, you'll see 21 learning innovation uh, elements, but we don't say you have to take all those 21 learning. These are there for you to plug and play or to drag and drop into your school project, into your learning environment, into your university, into your uh, you know, professional uh, training center. And you just look, what are the best practices that exist around the world that we have gathered for you in there? And then you see you know, what fits best uh, to accelerate your own project. So we don't oblige anybody to you know, follow a certain uh, you know, set, a framework, a model, a system, and so on. We are saying there are hundreds of thousands of amazing learning projects, uh, schools, universities, and so on out there. What we are doing is we offer you a, an open access universe of learning innovation uh, so that you can go as fast as possible to the next level. If I wanted to start a learning innovation hub in London, I can access this information and material for free or do I pay for it? I would say there are three levels. So you can see many things that we do and you can basically create your own learning innovation hub uh, in, in the best way that you want. There are many learning, there are many hubs that already exist that do amazing things uh, around education. So what we do is we will connect them all into uh, one huge network. But what happened mostly is people want to have at least uh, some sort of support on, for example, project management, or they want to have support on, on learning experience for these hubs, or they want to have some training uh, for their learning guides, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So right now we are uh, looking into what the needs are from uh, these uh, hub founders, and we are basically trying to build uh, certain uh, supporting frameworks to, to support them. And then some people are now interested in building a completely, let's say, a learn life hub. So basically what we have in Barcelona and, and copy pasting it, let's say, into a different city or a different country. And, and there we are basically saying, okay, so what, what will be, uh, what will be the, the agreement around that? Probably it's something like uh, we support you in starting up completely this, this learning hub. Uh, and then, you know, there will be some kind of contribution fee going forward. How is this being funded and why have you picked that approach? So besides being an entrepreneur and, and building up, uh, you know, tech companies, uh, I also have built up a, a venture capital company. When I decided and I explained to my partners in 2017 that I will step down, that I can dedicate all my time to the future of learning, there were so many entrepreneurs that I've helped that they said, look, you know, Christopher, this is, you know, we have our own kids. We completely see this is needed. So whenever you want to start, you know, here's my, my first uh, investment sum. And so suddenly during 2017 or 2018, I had already 15 or 16 amazing entrepreneurial supporters and backers. And then in uh, 2018, when I was looking for the first, let's say, larger seed funding. I came across a Hamburg-based family that contacted me because they were thinking about putting a innovation campus on top of their headquarters in Hamburg. So they have 5,000 people working from their Hamburg-based headquarter. Uh, and it's basically the, the Otto Group. And Benjamin Otto uh, reached out to me and asked me if I can you know, meet him. And then we, you know, got together and he explained, look, together with my wife, uh, I have a dream to build this innovation hub for the future also of learning and so on. But we are missing the concept about what, what should happen inside of this hub. I got 
emotional after five or 10 minutes in this talk. I actually started to cry, I think, because I couldn't imagine that here we are, you know, uh, building this paradigm. And now there's this other person uh, that actually wants to build an entire building intertwined and, and connected with this new paradigm. And so, you know, we decided he uh, invests into Learn Life. And on the other side, you know, we co-create and empower a 10,000 square meter lifelong learning hub in the middle of Hamburg. So that is the project that uh, is now happening in Germany, which is a lighthouse, not only for the Hamburg city of Hamburg, but for the 33 or 35,000 schools in, in Germany. We also got joined by two other families, another German family and uh, Italian family. But is this philanthropic funding or will there be an exit? There is no exit because the whole project is a lifelong project uh, because what we are building is a organization that will innovate and progress learning for life. So what we have looked into, is this going to be a foundation and therefore philanthropic or is this a for-profit organization or is there something different? And we have seen it's neither the non-for-profit foundational level, because what we have seen in many projects in the past years is that foundations are running out of funding. And then suddenly, you know, five years into doing something beautiful, uh, you suddenly have no economic engine to, you know, bring you uh, forward. And for-profit in the end is again against, uh, you know, the interest of, of many uh, potential partners, because then, as you say, you suddenly have the exit uh, that some uh, investors want to have. People, the investors that are, you know, maybe invested or sitting on your board have suddenly certain, you know, uh, interests that can uh, basically create a conflict towards, uh, you know, a, a completely independent way of building the future of learning. So all that, the, the for-profit world didn't work out as well. So basically we said, well, there's another new form and it's called for purpose. An organization that is for purpose has the purpose and the impact as the highest form and sustainability and some form of return to investors is in a second or third line. And that means that even some of the investors might de de decide that if there is some form of return in the future, that they might you know, reinvest it uh, into the project or they might donate it into a foundation that we are creating next year. And that foundation, which will sit on top of, let's say, this for-purpose organization, that foundation will hold the new paradigm for learning. Why? Because we believe that the paradigm needs to be property of humanity. It needs to be property of a foundation. Uh, so that, you know, again, the whole idea of that everybody has always access to it and it can continuously be developed into the future needs to be set into a foundation. But the beauty part of the foundation is that it will always be funded by an economic engine underneath it. So it will, will be you know, living for forever. You will have 100 full-time learners in your learning community. Are your children among those 100? Yes, of course. So this is their education. They're not like going to school from nine to three and then coming to learn life. This is their full-time thing. That is where they live and laugh and they go, if they could, on a Sunday. So I noticed on the website, you can, you can access this in many different ways, on Saturdays, after school, in the evening. So there's all of these different ways you can access your learning hub. 
Exactly, because it's, it should be as, as accessible as possible, right? So it's, it's not only for the full-time learning community, as I said before, it's, you know, public schools that come and experience the Learning Hub for a day. It's afternoon programs, it's weekend programs, it's summer uh, camps and so on. It's basically making it as accessible as possible that as many people around the world uh, or in a region can experience this in order to get inspired and then take bits and pieces back to their own learning environments, their own schools, their own settings, or eventually, which is uh, right now, I mean, our, our favorite route is to eventually build up their own learning hub. So what's been the biggest challenge of this? Oh, it's, it's very simple. The biggest challenge is finding the right people that have the capacity to unlearn everything that they have been bringing along in their life. I've called myself into that. I have been living in a box. Uh, I've been brought up in a certain society. And I thought that, you know, making your A-level and your Abitur and your end of school credential examination was the everything. And going, you know, to, to a new world, which basically exists now and will exist even more in the future, where it's about understanding who we are as a person, finding our interests, our passions, understanding what, uh, what really learning means, how to, I mean, how to learn, and uh, being open to what happens in the future. And this is especially important also for parents. One of the biggest challenges right now for children around the world are we as parents, because we still think that the world that we have lived uh, 30, 40 years ago is the world that exists and it just doesn't exist anymore in this way. And it will not exist even, you know, even more drastically uh, in 10 or 15 or 20 years when our children have to make their living. And I think that is one of the biggest challenges right now, because we think we are doing something good for our children because we, we try to do the best thing of what we know, what was the reality 30 years ago. But by that, we are basically stopping them to be as creative and as forward-thinking as they should be. And it's, it's, it's going back towards the same thing, right? If, if we are continuing giving children this one-size-fits-it-all model and system, it, the one thing that any machine and any you know, artificial intelligence will be, will be able to do is the one-size-fits-it-all one thing. They will be able to automize that within the next five to 10 years. So we are building right now the biggest dead end for humanity. And if we are on the flip side, giving our children the possibility to spark their creativity, create and foster social interactions, this is our core elements of being human. And I think you know, we have to look for these learning setups that have that in the core. So between the 9th and the 20th of November, you are hosting a festival of learning called ReLearn. What is that about and what are you hoping it accomplishes? In March, when the pandemic hit for the first time, we had uh, hundreds of uh, school leaders reaching out to us to ask what is the, in the paradigm around uh, remote learning. And we basically said, okay, this is crazy because we have so many people that are right now not knowing what to do and they have to switch you know, to this uh, new way of learning within a couple of days. So we basically looked into our network of thought leaders. So uh, 16 of these thought leaders are experts in the world around blended learning, online learning, remote learning, distance learning, and so on and so on. So we said, okay, let's uh, try to set up within 10 days a online program for educators, school leaders, and so on, 
to to say what are the first next steps you you can do to to switch to remote learning and we were so surprised because i think we had in the end almost 1300 people signing up within 5 days and within 24 hours or so 6000 people were were watching this program on on new remote learning so that we said okay so now we have 300 thought leaders around the world and uh, normally we were inviting about 30 40 of these thought leaders to barcelona to spar with us for two or three days the future of the paradigm and what are the next steps so we said okay in 2020 we'll not probably invite people from around the world to travel to barcelona but we could do this in a in a virtual format so why don't we open up a, a learning innovation festival to everybody in the world and and we thought okay so maybe like 50 to 100 speakers would come together and you know we do maybe five days of of uh, you know sessions and that was the, the the design principle but then we actually posted um the idea and the concept out there and we suddenly had i think 250 or 300 speakers from around the world that all wanted to participate and and we just got completely overwhelmed by the response and the the readiness to make a change and i think the the hashtag that is now coming out is is you know our time is now i think there's a complete understanding and and a, and a connection point between so many people around the world that it's now that we are able to actually make transformation to make change in education in a meaningful way in a positive way and and basically relearn is this offer to create a place where any learning innovator any educator any teacher any you know school leader from around the world can come find her or his tribe, uh, find these people that are all there already uh, looking to, to make uh, smaller or bigger changes uh, in the system. Uh, and they're sharing best practices. They're sharing inspirational stories and keynotes. And they are very hands-on workshops of how to implement learning innovation in, in different settings. So it's very much also action-based. It's not so, I mean, yes, there are inspirational talks and so on, but we really focus also on the on getting stuff done. And that is what we learn is all about. Christopher, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you guys. This was fun. What strikes me about Chris and his journey with Learn Life is that it's an allegory for creating a totally different approach to learning for the 21st century. A tech entrepreneur, he started out thinking technology would be his reinvention tool, but he's landed somewhere completely different with two massive physical hubs for innovation and learning to showcase what it looks like in practice. This rich menu of practical research, including case studies of innovative schools and a very detailed and well-organized learning paradigm from which any school can draw. There's also the growing community of thought leaders who can share and exchange ideas. Even his business model is adapting as the idea does, seeking a place where it is beholden to neither philanthropists nor investors, and also available to everyone in the world. Chris wants a revolution and is building a place to showcase what that looks like, but he's also recognizing that most schools and parents and policymakers will probably take a more evolutionary approach. To help that, he's curating the resources, training, and experts. I love that the biggest challenge he's encountered is how hard it is to unlearn, even for him, to actually get this brave new future with learning guides and personal, not personalized learning. If you can, join their current festival of learning, ReLearn. It's taking place online all next week, and it provides a snapshot of their ambitions to change the world. Thanks for listening. We'll link to the items mentioned in today's podcast in the show notes. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and share it. 
And you can find out more about our community of global education leaders and upcoming meetups by joining our mailing list at learnit.world. In the meantime, stay safe, stay curious, and see you next week.